Hey, podcast family, really stoked to bring this specific episode of Guidance Counselor 2.0 to everyone. Uh, The main reason uh, that I am very excited for this episode is I am speaking with my dear friend, Alex Ballou, chef and owner of Dallas and Jane down in Murfreesboro. Uh, He is not in technology, um, and he and I bonded over tacos, which you will find out what that means uh, when you take a listen. Uh, Alex and I really just talk about the state of business. We talk about what he looks for in hiring his employees um, and some hurdles he has had to face opening up a restaurant um, over the last year and navigating it during these times. Uh, I hope you enjoy it and really excited to bring another episode next week. Um, It is going to be around the virtual um, development meetup uh, that I am doing. And uh, so really excited to share that as well. If you need to reach me, taylor at vaco.com, V-A-C-O.com is the best way to reach me. If you want to follow me on all social media platforms, because I am on all of them at T-Dessen, T-D-E-S-S-E-Y-N. And please, as always, rate and review this in the App Store. Um, It would mean the absolute world to me uh, because I really, really would like this to gain some traction and be discoverable for others. I hope you all enjoy this episode. Thanks. Super excited to have my dear friend um, who we connected over uh, tacos that he made uh, for my wedding um, where my wife and I were trying out vendors and, and Alex's tacos were so good. We're still friends, uh, three or four <laughs> years later. So it's the power of food. So Alex, thank you for joining me, um, my on my uh, podcast where it's primarily my mom listening to me, if, you know, hey, Karen. times over and over. Um, so Alex, I, I guess give everybody a, a rundown about yourself. Um, what do you do? I know people are going to be kind of uh, fascinated. The fact that I don't have a tech person. You're, you're my first non- software developer tech person on this podcast uh but obviously you're you're a dear friend of mine and and i wanted to get a kind of a different you know an outsider's opinion on hiring right now so give everybody kind of your background and kind of what you do yeah and please don't ask me any questions about software development because i get as far as i go is logging into instagram it's about as I love techie it. as i get um i am a chef and restaurant owner in nashville in nashville murfreesboro uh we are soon moving to franklin um, uh, but, uh, I've owned a restaurant here for two years. Um, lived in Murfreesboro since I was four. Uh, I've been working in restaurants since I was about 14. And, um, currently I have a takeout only restaurant, which is very strange because, you know, when you're finer dining, it's, uh, it's, it's weird trying to put seared sea scallops in a styrofoam box for people to eat at a later date. Um, so we were trying to figure that out, but that's who I am. I'm, uh, I have a beautiful wife that I've been with for 14 years and I've got two children, uh, two boys, a five-year-old and a three-year-old. It's absolutely crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, and the testament to being married for so long in the restaurant industry, it's not easy. So, uh, no. c- congrats on that, especially with two boys. Um, so <laughs> I hit the jackpot. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I-, I would agree with that. So, um, Alex, I mean, so the point, uh, and, and for those of you who are listening, the point of this podcast is specifically around hiring, vetting talent. Um, I think personally that nobody has it more difficult than the restaurant industry when it comes to hiring. So my dad, obviously, in the restaurant industry, um, Alex, obviously, in the restaurant industry, and, and the amount of turnover um, and, and what you have to deal with is incredibly difficult. 
um, yeah. I would say one of the, the biggest pain points that you have had in Crypt Me If I'm Wrong is hiring. Um, yeah. pre, Getting pre people to show up for their yeah. actual interview is a, is a complicated matter. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, I, I guess the first part, so let's talk about, um, I guess, what are some qualities that you look for when you hire? So let's, let's just talk about that. What are some, um, you know, some, some traits um, and, and some principles that, that, that you hire by? Breathing is good. That's a, that's our first key, key, key factor. I love that. Uh, honestly, just in the beginning, initial communication, actually responding to a confirmation email or text saying, looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. And in the beginning of opening this restaurant, I would say 65% of the people that we confirmed that we were going to meet with the next day just didn't show up for the interview. And it's just bizarre. I mean, well, I don't understand. I just don't understand that. But for me, I think talent is important, but you can teach talent. Uh, you cannot teach work ethic. You cannot teach personality. You cannot teach um, self-awareness. Those are things that are intrinsically in you and they've started from your childhood and who, and, and sometimes you can develop those things as you grow and mature into an adult. But for the most part, um, you want somewhere with, you want someone with integrity and with self-awareness and with, um, you want them to be naturally inquisitive. You want them to ask questions and, and want to learn because you can't, you can't teach someone the desire to learn. You can teach them things, but if they don't actually want to learn it, it's like talking to a skillet. There's just no point. Talking, talking to a skillet. I think that may be the, uh, the podcast uh, title for this episode, talking to a skillet featuring. <laughs> Sometimes I call my three-year-old a ham sandwich because he listens to me like a ham sandwich would. I love that. Uh, Jackie would probably say the same thing about me, to be totally frank with you. So <laughs> I, I, let, let me ask you this. Like, what do you look for? Because I know, I mean, obviously the applicants that, that come into the restaurant industry, I mean, I mean, you deal with, with a wide variety of, of individuals and, and skill sets and, and backgrounds. And, and yeah. um, I mean, what, what are some things that, that you look for, kind of some intangibles, like if they played sports or if they've done X, Y, and Z, like, do, do you have anything off the top of your head that you can think of from that regard? I mean, sports are always a good thing because you can tell that they've been engaged in team activities. And so that that's great. But I mean, band is the same way. You have to practice and rehearse for things and you have to show that you have a vested interest in becoming better. Um, I think, you know, you don't necessarily want someone that's never had a job, has no experience. But then again, where do they get that experience if you don't give it to them? And that was something that I dealt with when I was 18. I, for some reason, I just wanted to be a bartender. And, you know, everybody was like, do you have any experience? Nope. See ya. You know, call me in two years. And it's like, well, how do I get experience if you won't give it to me? So I think there's something to be said about allowing someone to start from the bottom. And, you know, at, at first, there has to be a little bit of trust involved because that's all you've got on this stranger that you've never talked to before. But after a while you do realize that trust is a bridge and it takes a long time to build it and seconds to blow it up. I mean, you can ruin a relationship that you've had for multiple years in 10 seconds. Um, and it's happened. It's happened here. People have stolen things. They've come in and extremely intoxicated and they've, you know, it doesn't take much to ruin a relationship. But for me, I mean, the resume, it, it matters. You can't say that it doesn't. Um, if there's somebody that just came from Shoney's, no offense to Shoney's, but, that would, that's not what we do here. So, and, you know, and we've had people that have come in from um, the chain restaurants, the Olive Gardens and the, 
the Longhorns that have said, man, I can work a two or three man station by myself. And, and I'm like, well, this is a little bit different style of cooking here. And um, they find out that the night they stage that it is a different indeed style of cooking. Um, and so I think for me, personality goes a long way. And I think even more so than talent because they might not have been exposed to the things they need to have the talent yet, but they may be able to absorb very quickly, learn and put the work in. So for me, it's having, it's having the personality, it's having the drive, it's having the ambition and having the honesty to, I would, I would much rather someone come into an interview and say, there's a lot I don't know, but I am willing to work and I am willing to put it in and I'm, I'm probably going to screw up. I, I don't know everything about this, but I, but I want to, I want to, I want to work versus look, man, I can kill it. I can work a three man station in the middle of Friday night dinner service by myself. And for, for, for the people viewing this on or listening on audio, you missed Alex's gregarious, um, uh, face just then that was that was fantastic no I mean I think that's important so I, I guess your two cents why do you think people are so afraid to to be vulnerable and and, and to be open and honest and again wrong answers only as I like to say yeah I, I mean there's a few things people don't like uh, admitting their faults is one of them no and, no <laughs> never um having taking ownership and something that you are lacking, I, I think it, it's, it, it shows it's fear. It's natural fear inside of you to be able to say, you're, you're afraid you won't get the job if you don't know how to answer that question. But if you tell me, I have a perfect example of this. There's a guy that, that came in that wanted to work here. And we ask everybody that wants to work here to, to do a stage for one night. And, 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 and what's a stage for the non-restaurant folks? It's basically an, an internship, like a shadow. Right. So it's a, it's a one day, some great restaurants do them for months, but it's basically you come in, it's like going to the fitting room at banana Republic. Right. I don't know why I specifically use that. Hey, I work there. Hey, shout out Me banana too. Republic. If they want to sponsor the, you work there too. Yeah. Opry Mills. So no wonder banana why we're Republic. friends. No wonder why we're friends. Uh, so, I mean, everybody involved in getting hired needs to try, try it on, right? If you're going to go take a job somewhere, see if it's the right place for you to work, go in there, work for two or three hours, see if you like what they're producing, see if you like the, the culture the environment that you're in. And, and likewise, the, the employer is going to see, do you have what it takes to be here? Is it, um, is it the right environment for you, for us? Is it, is it going to be a good fit? personalities matter. I mean, you don't want to bring in a major drama king or queen that's going to disrupt the whole, the whole culture that you've got because one cancer cell can destroy what you've built. And it doesn't take but one, one bad seed. So I'm interested, how, how have you dealt with bad seeds before? Cause, cause, because I think that is, you know, I, I think in the restaurant industry, I think, and again, I mean, I, I truly say this, I, I've said this and I've said this to you, I've said this to so many people, I think the restaurant industry is more stressful than any desk job. Like I, like to me, you know, with how many people I'm balancing at one time and getting jobs for people, I still joke and I say nothing is more stressful than a Friday night at Outback Steakhouse where everybody wants their blooming onion and they all sat at the same time. They all want their blooming onion at the same time. Like to me, there's nothing more stressful than that. And so 
you know, I know a lot of times in the restaurant industry, um, you know, you're already going a thousand percent every night. Um, tensions are usually high, right? You have cook times, you have to get the food out. Things have to look good. Um, and then something happens and sometimes you can blow up. Right. And, 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 and I know I've done it both in my desk job, but also, you know, when I worked restaurants and I'm sure you've done it too. Sure. How, how, how have you addressed just collectively from a culture perspective because you have a great culture i've been to your restaurant a ton i i'm, I'm not if i'm surprised i'm not your number one fan on facebook but um i don't know how to give that out if i yeah if I no could, facebook like you. awards you it's crazy you get a notification all, all so you're fans. like great yeah. you're like great i'm i'm on facebook too much but how how have you dealt with preserving culture at, at, at your store uh we had we had one person in particular maybe a year ago that um Really, everybody liked this individual, uh, but they didn't put the work in. Um, it was one of those things where, like, during lineup, I would ask questions. Hey, what's a good wine that would go with our, our pan-seared duck breast? And they literally looked at me and goes, I don't know, man. I was like, okay. Um, are, you, are you mad at me because I just asked you a question and you didn't know the answer? That's literally your job. Yeah. And turns out this person was um, – in a relationship with a few different people that worked here. And it just wasn't the bad attitude mixed with a few, uh, a, a few specific incidents just led to, you know, we had a conversation outside and that was the end of their employment. Um, and it just, that one person just created threads of drama that went spreading misinformation and, and just, dissension it just doesn't work i mean because that starts to build up things in people's minds and then scenarios start to get run and it's things that are built on untruths but they build these towers out of them and then the whole tower collapses but but i think it's important to note that you had a conversation you had a conversation essentially behind closed doors right and yes. and, and i think that's incredibly important um when managing a team and, and building culture i think there's a lot of um a lot of individuals that like to you know yell and cuss and and scream in front of other people and that's just never good so you know I, I think it needs to be noted that that you took time out now i mean now with that conversation were there multiple conversations or did y'all did it just come to a head you know with that one there conversation were, there were there were two but the last one was just and it was very calm and i good I, it was in the it was actually in the parking lot but she was walking in for her shift and i just i just knew that that was going to be the day and i it ended with me giving her a, giving this person a hug. I think I slipped up there, but I gave this person a hug and I said, if there's anything I can do for you, please don't hesitate to ask. Unfortunately, this is just not the place for you to be. And no, it, you I think know, it's good. And I've, I've really never yelled or cussed at anyone here, but I mean, cooking is a very, it's a sensitive, emotional thing. When you're a cook, you're a little bit of a creative. And so when you are putting yourself on a plate, if it's not right, and at any given restaurant, right is defined by the owner's vision, right? So, if so it's, true. If it's right to you, but it's not right to the boss, then it's just not right. And it took me a long time to understand that. And, you know, someone had a few things here and I was like, that's not the way we do it. That's not right. And there was some back and forth and I'm like, because this is your job. This is the way you do it here. It might not be the way you do it there, but this is the way we do it here. And, and there's sometimes there's a lot of pushback from some people that, and, and I would have been one of those people when I was 24, right? Like 
very type A, very. I, You're I'm type known, A? Yeah, Get out of town. I've known for a very long time that I'm not a good employee because I am a free mm. thinker. I want to, I want to challenge the status quo. I want to do things a little bit differently. I want to find ways to do other things. And I've just got too many ideas. So, you know, that's, and I, and I think now realizing that it's not a bad thing, but I thought it was a bad thing when I was working at J. Alexander's in 2002 and, you know, my managers got onto me all the time and I was like, I just suck at everything, but it just turns out you're an entrepreneur. You're not a, you're not a, you're not a follower. Well, and, and, and I think you just brought up a great point for, for the individuals out there that feel like they mess you know, that they kind of have your background. Right. And, and that, they're like, I'm not, I feel like I don't fit in anywhere. I feel like I'm just kind of lost. You know, I, what advice would you give to those individuals who probably are great entrepreneurs, but haven't been brought up in a household where entrepreneurship is even really either presented to, to, to the individuals or they yeah. even know what it is. I mean, what, what are maybe some advice that, that you would give? For me, perseverance is, I mean, you just got to keep on going. I, the thing that, that drives me every day is that, and, and I'm kind of a, I would say I'm a bit of a lone wolf in Murfreesboro, right? Like there's not, there's, there's not a ton of chefs here. There's a lot of restaurants, but there's not a lot of people doing what I'm trying to do. I would agree. And for me, I, I envision this wall, right? And on the other side of this wall is success and you can define success as however you want it's not about money for me i mean it's about paying my bills responsibly but it's about knowing that you're what you've built is going to be successful appreciated you'll have customers you'll have memories you'll have a team that's success to me right in the beginning there's a struggle i mean you you're trying to be all these things you're trying to be the mechanic the manager and the entrepreneur and that's a really hard thing to be when you're not designed to be all those three things. And every day you run as hard as you can and you hit the wall <laughs> and then you hit the wall and then you hit the wall and then you hit the wall. And then one day the wall breaks. I think most people give up before that wall breaks. And I, every day I tell myself, what if today's the day that the wall breaks so and I good. quit and I can't, I can't live with that. I just, that's just me. I cannot live with myself knowing that I did not give everything I've got to make it successful. So good. I, and I think too, and, and there's, there's so many good nuggets that, that you, that you just said. So I, I'm trying to zero in on the most important one. I, I think it's, I think it's, it's good to be motivated by money. I'm not sure. going to say don't be motivated by money, but I think one thing that separates you from a lot of individuals and maybe this is entrepreneurs in general is building something that you're proud of. Right. I, I know our, our favorite guy, Gary Vaynerchuk always talks about like, it doesn't matter how much you make, it matters how you made it. Right. Right. And, and, and I think, you know, his thing is I don't care how much money I make. It's how many people show up at my, at my funeral. And, and, and I think, I think you hit it spot on. I think for those individuals who are struggling to, you know, man, I just feel like I can't make money. Right. If, if you are building something, you are doing something you love, keep at it. Right. Cause and, and time. It, yeah. And, and, and I think this kind of just, you know, kind of goes into my next topic is, I mean, COVID's obviously been terrible for the restaurant industry for, I mean, businesses in general. I mean, they're saying the unemployment claim is, is past the great depression now. Um, you know, and I mean, tell me how, 
I mean, has your mindset shifted? Are you even hungrier than you've ever been? I mean, you know, I'm going to give you a shout out. I think you're one of the few restaurateurs in Nash Nashville collectively that has actually innovated and pivoted. And I mean, you're, you're doing things like selling, you know, your, your meats, uh, Alex's meats, uh, as I like to say, um, to, to, to individuals. Right. And, and Hey, listen, man, I just had one of your pork chops the other night. So freaking good. I cooked it great by the way. Um, you know, like, <laughs> You're doing you that. It or Jackie cooked it. I, dude, I cooked it. I cooked it. Believe it or not. Believe it. Did you not? You, you see her Instagram post? I listen. I crushed it for Mother's Day. I cooked it. <laughs> it was great. So, we're getting off topic. But you've pivoted, right? You, you, you've, you're, you're selling your butcher boxes. Your, your engagement on Facebook. I mean, to be totally honest with you, I look to you with how much engagement that you are getting on Facebook, right? And, and you're posting things, you're posting things that are thought provoking. You're posting things that probably just stir up a little bit of reaction, right? I, I, I think you're, yeah, I, I think you're doing an incredible job. So let me ask you this. I mean, has your mindset shifted? Are you hungrier? Are you more defeated? I mean, where, where, where's your head at right now? Uh, I'm not, I'm definitely not defeated. I think, I would love to say I have all the answers and I've got it figured out, but I'll be honest every day. I think I'm a little bit more confused. Like it's, there's just so much gray area that it's, it's really hard to know what's the right thing. And public perception is strange. And some people are like, yeah, let's open up. Let's go. And some people are like, no, I'm staying in my basement. Even if I'm living in my house by myself, I'm wearing a mask. Like, there was a guy walking around our neighborhood the other day with a mask and gloves on by himself. I'm just, okay. Um, <laughs> I just yeah. No, I mean, I mean, there's, you know, I, and I, I, I've been saying it all along, like wrong answers only during this time. Yeah. Right. Cause like nobody's truly right. And no one's truly wrong. You well, know, it, it, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, only Alex is right. And everybody else is wrong. <laughs> just right. uh, well, I'm on a, a, a WhatsApp thread with most of the restaurateurs and chefs in Nashville and they're all pretty much on the same page. I mean, they're not going to open their dining rooms for the first few for the next few weeks because either fear of their staff getting sick, uh, of customers not wanting to come in or just the, the labor costs don't make sense with the, with the capacity issues that we're having. And for me, I mean, I've been doing these online cooking classes live on Facebook almost every day since March the 16th. I mean, that's a lot. That's a long time. And a lot of cooking classes. It is a lot of cooking. It's a lot of free. And some people have donated to our cause through Venmo, but that's awesome. Mountain Valley actually sponsored us. So they cut me a $4,000 check for, uh, hey, you know, I was going to ask you about that. Are you sponsored? By the way, Mountain Valley has got some legit. So I'm a soda water connoisseur. It's good. It's great. Well, yeah, they, so they sponsored us for eight weeks. It was about, I think it was wound up being like $125 an episode. Um, so they've been great to work with. And um, just doing the butcher boxes and trying to do curbside pickup. But in a lot of ways, our restaurant, a lot of restaurants in Nashville, they're just not designed for, I mean, can you imagine Kane Prime to go? Like $300. Let's go, yeah. For <laughs> one ounce of a five Wagyu in a styrofoam box. It's just steaming to death. I mean, it's just not, Oh man. Dip it in some ranch when you got home, it's $40 worth of steak, dip it in some ranch, but you know, we're, and we're trying to, to mix it up. We've realized people don't want the same old things that we were cooking. They want smoked chicken sandwiches with, yeah. You know, which by the way, that stuff. looked that looked lit. 
It was Whatever good. you posted the other day, I'm, I'm gonna drive drive my butt down to down to Murphy's. <laughs> I'm gonna knock on your house in the middle of the night. You got any of those that. chicken sandwiches? We, uh, but I mean the the cooking classes have been have been going well. That's I think that's kept us at the forefront of people's minds. We've been actively engaging people. We've been giving um, knowledge and and entertainment to our community for for free. Um, selling the you know, I didn't realize how valuable the butcher boxes would be because the food chain wasn't broken when we started doing them. But due to, you know, there's seven companies that manage all of the food supply in the United States. That's kind of ruined a lot of things right now. So grocery stores are limiting uh, the number of, of meat that you can buy. Our cost, restaurants cost of, of beef is insane right now. I mean, I've, Two weeks ago, I got a, a choice New York strip loin, and it was about $108. Yesterday, I checked it, and it was $167. Holy smokes. Yeah. I mean, everything's getting more expensive because the commodities are going away. And all these farmers, they're having to euthanize their chickens. They're having to drain milk down the, down the toilet. Their crops are getting burned and decimated. I mean, they can't, they can't take their, their cattle to, to get processed. It's a, it's a nightmare right now, and it's so, not just the food, it's not just the restaurants, it's the farmers, it's the producers, it's it's all of it. And I think you you said I want to go back to something you said about staying on top of everybody's minds. Where where are your ideas coming from? Is this stuff that you're just like, I mean, do you have fr friends you're talking to? Is this all your ideas? I mean, like that's what I'm that's what I want to figure out. Like, is this is this you? Is it like are you up at four a.m. with your kids? You're like, you know what? I'm gonna sell meat. Uh, I mean, I think inspiration comes from a lot of different places. Uh, the cooking class was actually um, a guy that works at Second Harvest who lives in Murfreesboro uh, said, um, I think it'd be cool if some of the restaurant owners here showed us how to make some of their dishes um, while, while nobody's eating at your restaurant. And I just kind of took that from there and created cooking and cocktails with Corona and so started good going, started going with it um the butcher boxes that was my rep from creation gardens they reached out to me and said we got a lot of meat we can't sell it would you help us do this and so i that's pretty awesome. much um, was like yeah man i mean that's where we get our stuff and you know if they're they're willing to do it i'm willing to do it and put the work in so uh, as far as that that's where those two ideas came from that's awesome are you are you thinking about any other ideas coming out soon at the time we're just that, uh, we that, are that the three are, people who are listening to this can we are um contemplating opening our dining room for reservation only next week and it would be no servers very like panera right Come oh, to the bar, interesting you place your order at the bar the bartender takes your orders we'll have seating for 25 people i'll run your food the bartender will kind of take care of your drinks make your cocktails and then we'll have basically one front of house person and one dishwasher. But there are, we've been asked by a, a lot of people, honestly, in the last two weeks, when are you gonna open your dining room? And that's, I think it's a fair question because our food is just not made for to-go boxes. I mean, it's, it's not. It's just not, not how we're supposed to operate. And I think people would be willing to spend $30 on a great prime grade steak if they were able to eat it in house versus taking it to go. I would agree. So. I would agree with that. Um, so do you think, um, 
And uh, going back to what you said, I think it's important to highlight. I think right now businesses need to be top of mind with everybody. And I think now a brand is more important than anything else. I, I, I think, you know, you're, you're all over Facebook. You're, you're, you're making these videos, you know, I mean, I, I think I call it the great Alex Ballou video of, of, was it 2019 when you posted that, that potentially Dallas January, January 7th. Yeah, 2020, where, where Dallas and Jane could potentially go under. How many views on Facebook? Just views, not like comments or likes, just views. 76,000. 76,000. Right? I mean, and again, I mean, listen, but but you, you got some you got some flack, slack or whatever the word is for that too. Definitely. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. people told me I was pandering and people complained that, you know, well, your location sucks. That's why, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I, maybe, yes. I mean, I wasn't pandering. I was legitimately trying to communicate with our followers what what was going to potentially happen because what happens when restaurants close they don't tell their staff they just shut their doors one day yeah i mean everybody is surprised i, I think i think three crow did that in east uh they like you had to no no it was ten sixteen, and literally the employees showed up and they had to go next door to get their check it was like a, it was like a post-it note written right. on the door yeah i didn't and, want to do that i mean I, I i believe in communication and so i we we had been struggling for a few months and I wanted to let the people that follow our page know this, this may well happen unless something changes. And for the next seven weeks, it was great to be honest. I mean, Valentine's week we did, we're a 50 seat restaurant, right? So big numbers aren't really our thing, but Valentine's week, we did 25,000 in sales. Is that usually like two X with what you do? Yeah, we were doing about 18 when yeah. we were busy last year. Um, we were, and so Valentine's week, we did 25,000. Um, the next week we did 15 and then, then 13 and then 12 and then 10 and then Corona. And so, um, you know, does our location suck? That's subjective. Um, well, I mean, but, but, but I think more than anything else, forget the location. I, I think it's important to know that, that, that you put something out there from the heart. And I think people, I think that I think that's not normal, especially in the restaurant side of things. No, I mean, and people don't, people want to hear the fuzzy. People want to hear the warm. They don't want to hear the harsh reality of this, this, this business is struggling. I mean, it's my life's work. My family's on the line. My 20 employees are on the line. I'm going to go down fighting for them. And, and, and people don't think about that, right? They're like, oh, it's a restaurant. They have a ton of money. Yeah. I no. mean, you own a restaurant. You're loaded. Wrong. Wrong. I, <laughs> All I my money's in the restaurants. <laughs> I refinanced my house. I sold my truck. Like, you know, I haven't taken a paycheck in two years, but the, those are all sacrifices I'm willing to make. But I mean, there were, there was a gym, there was a, a private gym owner in like Chapel Hill, North Carolina that shared that video. And she crazy. And she shared it because there were clients of hers that complained that she weren't, she wasn't the same price as planet fitness. And she's like, does Planet Fitness support your son's baseball team? Does Planet Fitness so buy your kids Girl Scout cookies? Does Planet Fitness sponsor your um, yearly cancer heartball thing? You know, I mean, no, the answer is no. Heartball. That's great. But I mean, it's, it's the truth. I mean, big companies often don't take care of the community that they're in versus Agreed. the independent businesses do. And so for me, it was, it was just trying to communicate and be honest. Um, and then two weeks later, I posted a video saying, thank you. I mean, it's, we've, we've had a tremendous amount of turnover 
I mean, not turnover, but people turn out to, to, to support us. I mean, the night that I posted that video, we only had 30 reservations for the entire weekend. That, that whole weekend, we wound up doing 350 people. Stop. I mean, it was insane. We were slammed. Um, and it was a great feeling. That's awesome. So, so, so to wrap it up here again, mainly because I need to have lunch also too, uh, we could talk for the next six hours. Yeah. Um, I think what you just said, I think is kind of the last major question. What do you think businesses need to do or, or be mindful of moving forward? Even, even after COVID just what, I mean, cause this is going to change how businesses operate, I would say for the foreseeable future. So what are your thoughts on that? I think um, a lot of times the general public is generally clueless on what businesses go through that they are not specifically lined up with. I mean, if you've never worked in a restaurant, you don't understand how restaurants work. I've never worked in the medical field. I have no clue how hospitals work. And I, I wouldn't be offended if somebody told me, you're not a doctor, you don't get it. Well, you, you're right. <laughs> I'm definitely not a doctor. Correct. Um, but I think people don't understand how razor thin restaurants margins are. We're not loaded. We're not running around with Gucci purses and, you know, flying to Paris and taking these elaborate vacations. We do all we can to take care of our people and to take care of the community. I think more restaurants need to be more honest about their communication with people. And, mm. you know, even the biggest restaurants, the best restaurants may not reopen. When you read about 11 Madison Park, the number one restaurant in the world multiple times may not be able to reopen their doors. That's unreal. If the Cheesecake Factory can't pay their rent, what are the independents supposed to do? And I think there's this, there's just this, um, this belief that because you're a restaurant, you're successful. And that's not necessarily the case. So, so do you think, and, and, and outside of restaurants too, do you think this whole time COVID is going to force businesses to become more open um, uh, about the internal workings of their business? I mean, I mean. Yeah, I think it's been a perspective. I think, yes, I think people are realizing that it's okay to be, be honest about who you are and what you've got going on. And I think it's also given... I read somewhere that it, uh, somebody called this the circuit breaker, right? And it, so it, it just stopped the flow of life for a little bit of time. And I think it's given people time to think about their careers, people time to think about, do I like where I work and who I work for? Maybe I've got the time to go back uh, or go find another job. It's given employees, employers time to think about, is this the right way to operate business? Can I change right now? I've got time to plan. So, uh, you know, I don't know how companies like Starbucks, I don't know what they're thinking about changing. I know a lot of restaurants think it's going to be like this for six months to a year where they're just going to be doing curbside and they're turning into little corner markets. So I think, I think there's going to be enough ideas to go around, but it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out in the next six months. Absolutely. Absolutely. So good. So I always try to end the podcast on, um, on kind of a, a fun personal question. Um, so I'm, I'm going to kind of throw this on you. Um, and then, so 
tell me what is, well, not throw it on you because I know your story and I know what you're going to say. Tell me what your favorite meal was that you've ever had at a restaurant, who the restaurant is. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, but I think I know the answer. Uh, so Gavin Kaysen is a friend of mine. He's a chef in Minneapolis. Uh, he's got three restaurants, Spoon and Stable, Belcor, and Demi. Demi is a 20-seat, intimate, catbird-style restaurant. It is beautiful. It's tiny. Uh, I have never experienced hospitality like that in my life. And the food was fantastic, but the experience was unbelievable. And one of the things that I loved about it so much, because I mean, when you're going to go to a restaurant like this, you're going to spend some money, right? Yep. And some people value different things and spend money on different things. Some people spend thousands of dollars on concert tickets and thousands of dollars on clothing and thousands of dollars on cars. Well, I spend thousands of dollars on food. Same. Uh, Same. Just, food is just poop waiting to happen. And yet I spend thousands of dollars on it, right? But it's so good though. It is it's so, so good. good. But I, um, here's, and it's so weird to think about this, but so when you buy a, buy reservations at, at Demi or some of these nicer restaurants, you prepay months in advance, right? So I spent $600 to go eat here with me and my wife. It's 12 courses. Um, at the end of the year, at the end of your meal, you don't have to pay for anything, right? You've kind of forgotten that you spent $600 two months ago on this dinner. So at the end of your meal, the chefs are like, thank y'all so much for coming in. And there's like this, there's this ease about it. Like there's like, there's no weight thinking, Oh God, here, I gotta, yeah. How much is it going to be? Right. So it's like, it's such a, it's, it's kind of refreshing to get up from this amazing meal and not have to pay. It's a weird way of thinking about it. I love that. I love that. Um, I would say my favorite is uh, Alex Ballou. Um, no, <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I would say mine is, um, you know, my, my wife and I have a list. Um, I, let me, let me, let me pull it up real quick just so I can remember. Um, but Let's see here. What what has been one of my favorite meals aside from obviously Alex Blue's <laughs> restaurant? Uh, the burger, by the way, you need to get it from Alex's. Also, I, I think it was Favakin, wasn't it? Wasn't it the Favakin? So Favakin was pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say I would say Favakin, um, and uh, it was it's like seven hours outside of Stockholm. My wife and I rented a car and we drove through the uh, Swedish wilderness. It's a lot of trees. Um, it was like. 30 it was like 20 something courses um, we ate colostrum which i didn't know what that was <laughs> it's, it's kind of gross google it um we ate like dried I, google it. I have two children we, we had we had quails we had quails egg wrapped in um sheep shit um so for for, for an alkali purpose so that I mean, was at wild. some point you're just being creative for creative sake exactly right? and then honestly I would say one of the other ones too was actually in Stockholm. I, you know, Jack, Jackie and I Googled, I think whatever it is, I mean, Stockholm has got incredible cuisine from a Michelin guide perspective. And so one, I probably our second favorite literally that we've had um, ever was um, Alawea. They just got their second Michelin star this year um, without boring people with the details. We sat next to basically a wine buyer and we ended up having five or $6,000 worth of wine that night for free. For free. Yeah. I got worried. I was like, Hey man, like, uh, 
Yeah. I was like, Hey man, like I just, I want to make sure like, you know, these little too expensive for my taste. Like you're more than welcome to have it. And, um, you are copying this, right? Yeah, you are. Yeah. And, but what was really cool, the restaurant was in like classroom seating and a horseshoe and it kind of looked at the kitchen and they played like rock music. Um, it was, it was so cool. It was like loud rock music and like the kitchen was all black marble with gold accents. It was kind of the coolest vibe ever. So I would say those two are my favorite, um, aside from Alex and Blue and Dallas and James. So, um, Alex, man, thanks for hanging, dude. It was awesome. And, um, we should, uh, we should hang out in person here soon. Post COVID. Yes. Take it easy, buddy. Love you, bro.